Welcome everybody to the Total Therapy Training Podcast, where you accompany me on my very own journey through traditional Chinese medicine. It is the intention with this podcast to raise people's awareness of how traditional Chinese medicine can benefit us in our physical and mental well-being. We hope you enjoy the show. So welcome, Michelle, to the Total Therapy Training Podcast, a podcast where you accompany me in my journey through traditional Chinese medicine. So Michelle, please tell us, how did you get into traditional Chinese medicine? Thank you for the welcome. Hi. Um, yeah, how I got into traditional Chinese medicine is uh, I've always been curious about it, but one day um, I had an injury. It was an knee injury from running. And um, I, I was looking everywhere and I did some physiotherapy and nothing really worked. And then somebody offered, it was a friend at the time, somebody offered to do some acupuncture on it. And I actually said, I've already had acupuncture and it didn't work. And he said, ah, but you've not had my acupuncture. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed and thought, oh, yeah, here you go. But they they put some needles in it and it ached and it did. It felt really, really funny. Uh, but it never bothered me again after that, apart from occasional tweaks. And it was, it was almost like a miracle cure. Wow. Um, even running again, it was fantastic. And I thought there's got to be something in this. Uh, another time um, I was driving somebody to a client because they didn't have the car with them and they needed a lift. So I drove them to the client and within the, the, the guy was on the floor rolling around uh, with a locked up back and was, he couldn't, just couldn't get up. And the, the guy got out of the car. I went and parked up. By the time I'd parked up and come back in, he was, he'd stopped being so much in pain and he was like halfway off his feet. And it took him 20 minutes to get this guy on his feet and out of pain. Wow. And as soon as I saw that, I looked at him and I said, you, you have to teach me that. I need to be able to do this. Yeah. Um, and that's what sold me. It was this 20 minutes from rolling around on the floor in agony to up on his feet, walking around, um, looking like there was nothing wrong. And, and that's what sold me completely. Wow. I bet it would, though, because I suppose, like, there's a lot of people, like you just said, I've had acupuncture before, it, I didn't feel anything. And I mm -hmm. suppose there's a lot of people out there who think they just, like, poo-poo it. It's, you know, it, it's not real. It's just sticking needles in. But for you to see that, that must have been incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. I mean, before that, I really didn't believe in it. I was one of these, oh, yeah, it's just sticking needles in people thing. Um, but at the time, I started to look into the scientific aspects of it because I'm actually a very scientific analytic brain. I'm the sort of person who goes off and um, I do sort of counselling, but I, I study psychology. I don't, um, I, I don't study, uh, I do energetic stuff, but I look into the physics effects of it. And I was looking at the scientific effect of why it works and it actually made total sense. Um, so the more I study the science behind it, the more it makes sense to me. Yeah. Amazing. This is what this is what I'm hoping to find in this podcast as we go along, like to hear these amazing stories and get the yeah. science behind it. Oh Michelle, how exciting. To 
today we're going to be talking about how do students choose a therapy for their purpose. So, um, you know, like in my sort of situation, I'm a life coach and I want to work with the emotions of people through um, childhood trauma. So I, like, I was looking for the right um, therapy for the for my purpose. So that's what I want to drill into today because I'm sure there might be lots of other people out there in the same boat as me. So my first question today, Michelle, is the world of complementary therapy and including TCM is very diverse. So how do you know where to start? Okay, so like yourself, you've got to decide what you want to do, who your clients are, and where you want to end up. If you're looking to train, generally, the first question our beginner therapists tend to um, ask me is, what should I train in first? Where do I actually start? Where do I get into this? Yeah, because it's massive. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my range, my answers are in the range of exactly what sort of client do you want to have? Who are the people around you? Um, do you know a lot of gym bunnies? Um, do you know a lot of people who work in stressful environments? Um, what what do you what's your what are you passionate about are you passionate about physical health and injuries are you passionate about cosmetics mm. are you passionate about systematic health you know like helping people get over um, long covid and things like this wow. are you passionate about mental health like yourself mm. um you've got to ask what the people around you are like because there's no point being passionate about mental health if there's six counsellors living up your road and they're all struggling for clients because there's just not enough clients around um and then there's loads of people limping looking for a physiotherapist so <laughs> you know you've got to also look at who the clients are what potential market is out there um are you happy the other thing is these days it's become more and more aware are you happy with the hands-on approach of manual therapy Right. There's a growing number of people that are starting to say, well, actually, I don't want to touch people because of the um, the, the scare of the COVID thing um, is showing that people need to stay, you know, far away from each other so they don't catch things. But also um, there's the, a lot of, down, during lockdown, a lot of people got more private and they're not as big at hugging and stuff. I mean, I know a lot of people are, need more hugs. But there is a growing number of people. Uh, so you see, you see it in the supermarket. People like want to step round you rather than knock into you. And there's not as much of that these days. So a lot of the, the there's there's a lot of people moving more hands off. Um, and when I mean hands off, I mean more like acupuncture, emotional therapy, things like that, rather than um, massage. Um, so when massage oils not many not much in the way of clothing things like that so there's, there's a growing number of people that are moving away from it um but that means there's also a growing number of, of spaces for people that want it so yeah. oh, yeah. people seeming to go for more what they want to do rather than what they think they ought to do as well oh yeah yeah that's a good yeah. good point yeah actually. okay the other thing you've got to look at is your budget yeah yes because there's no point starting out in complementary therapy of course that's seven thousand pounds if you're on minimum wage and you can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also in that, if you're going for, uh, if you're on a really good wage at the moment and you've got plenty of time, 
you may as well go for something that is a diploma um, that is takes a long time because you've got the support and you've got the money coming in and you can afford to train in something that more substantial. Um, when I say a diploma, um, what I mean is a, a one diploma course, what I mean is really is say a core subject like massage or acupuncture. A CPD um, because it's a continual profession, continuous professional development course. They're really meant as bolting courses. Some people do use them as a core training. Really? Um, yeah. Um, for instance, fire cupping is really a CPD to massage. So if you do fire cupping, really, you should know massage. However, you can massage with fire cups. So if you train properly and get a, a higher qualification in, say, fire cupping, you can use it as a diploma core. Um, the, you'd have to, just have to check with an insurance company that they're happy with that. Right, okay. Yeah. When then, because we had a little conversation about this before we started, about something totally different, but when then is online learning appropriate for these kind of treatments? Okay, so online learning um, means that if you if you're doing a practical subject, you're learning online. You can't possibly be supervised, and you can't possibly see the teacher unless it's a video doing the therapy. So the teacher can't judge whether you're good at what you're doing or whether you're effective at what you're doing. Rather, online courses mainly are CPDs to your subject. Okay. Um, if you're doing, say, an online course in massage, yeah, and there's a lot of theory involved in it, then that would be considered um, CPD to the massage subject. So you need to go into a classroom and do the, the, the subject under a teacher at some point, yeah. um, whether that's before the online course or after the online course. During the pandemic, online courses really took off. Yeah. Um, and there was um, a, there's a there's a lot of people wanting to take some physical stuff online. However, the insurance companies were then knocking them back and saying, "Well, we could insure you, but we can't really because you've not had any supervi any supervisory practice." Yeah. Um, one of the ways to do it is to do the online course and then take an exam. Um, with somebody like Total Therapy who do exams um, for people who've not studied with them. Yeah. Um, the other way to do it is to do your to do your in person course and then maybe get an online course for more information afterwards. Right. Yeah. So definitely do something in person. Don't think you can get it all done online because you can't get it all online. Not if it's a physical thing. If you already do your physical qualification and it's like an extra CPD, say if you do a massage and then you want to learn online about different oils that you could use for your massage, then that's fine. That's not a problem. However, you can't really learn a physical thing online and get insured for it properly. It, it doesn't guarantee that you're effective. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Like, like we were saying earlier about about the Reiki, I wouldn't want to because you just didn't, wouldn't know if you're doing it right or not. So why you wouldn't. Would okay. Okay. So let's say then 
I want to train in massage and then acupuncture. How do I choose what sort of massage and what sort of acupuncture? Because uh, <laughs> it's so big, isn't it? Like, you know, and then who do I train with? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the UK, with the UK qualification framework, levels, um, mean any, any massage, any massage qualification that you need to do, um, you need to really be looking at a level three to start with as a base level. A level three, um, with the UK qualification, it says it, it's the ability to gain or apply a range of knowledge or skills and understand them at a detailed level. If you only do a level two, it just means that you um, you've got good knowledge and understanding of the subject and you've got the ability to do it with guidance or supervision. So the difference between a two and a three is whether you can do it on your own. So this is why many people say you need a level three or above. Right. So you need to start off looking for something that's a level three or above. Okay, level three. Okay. Um, now there are three base types of massage. Wow. The, the <laughs> yeah, every every other massage is just um, just taken from them. The three base types of massage is the oil massage, so an Indonesian or a Balinese, okay. um, which goes up the muscle and it goes in the direction of the muscle, and it tends to be done with little or no clothing, and it's done in in the direction of the muscle with lots of oil. So you're gliding across the surface of the muscle, but you can you can do this deep, so it can be a deep tissue. Mm -hmm. The second type of that massage is a Chinese massage, wow. and this is done without oil, oh. and it tends to be done across the muscle. <laughs> it's painful. Um, <laughs> well, not always, because you can go light as well. There, yeah. there, there are two various there are two variations in Chinese massage. One's north, and one's southern. Um, and one is actually quite hard, and the other one is very, very soft. Oh. Um, and Chinese massage is called twina. Ah. And um, it, there is a variation also called touch twina, which you, you barely even touch the person, but it still has an effect. Wow. So it doesn't have to be painful, but it can be, and it depends on what the, what the client needs. Right. And also what you're happy doing as well. So some people just have they just don't want to hurt anybody at all, whether it's doing them any good or not. So they would probably be better doing the softer versions. Right, I see. So the Chinese massage is more like um, needing go sometimes. So it's squashing the muscles and pushing, um, pushing toxins out of them, um, pushing stagnated blood out of them, getting things moving. Yeah. The other type of massage is a Thai massage, which is kind of like a stretching mm. um so it all three massages have some crossover so you'll see some techniques in all three of them that cross over to the other types so for instance in our indonesian and chinese you'll see some stretching uh in thai you'll see some muscle squashing things like that mm -hmm. uh, but they they center on what they're good at um any other massage, including Swedish, sports, aromatherapy, shiatsu, is one of the other three taken and adapted for use. Oh, I see. Okay. So Swedish massage, for instance, is like an Indonesian, but it's much, much softer. 
Right. Um, and it doesn't do as much stretching. It's more, um, I, I call it um, saying there, there, it'll be all better in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, but it's more, it's more like a, a relaxation for the mind than it is a clinical massage. Um, sports massage tends to be a combination of all three of the other types taking certain techniques and putting them together. So it's kind of like a kit, a, ma- a bit of a massage kit that works okay for sports people. Oh. Or should I, I should say works well for sports people. So it's whatever type you're drawn to is absolutely fine. Just make sure that that type is going to do what you what your clients will need. So whether it's something you're passionate about. So there's no point doing um, an Indonesian massage if you really are just drawn to a salon-type mental relaxation thing um, and you just want to do a couple of days training in Swedish, for instance. Right. Um, so, um, and also with the, with the Chinese massage, quite often you learn a lot of TCM theory, traditional Chinese medicine theory. So again, there's no point doing that if you're not interested in that bit and you just want to do sports. So it's, it's up to you really. Do your research. Um, look at which type of massage is going to fit with your clientele. Okay. Okay. So. From there, you want to know our acupuncture. Yes, yeah, yeah. Again, lots and lots, <laughs> lots and lots of types of acupuncture. I know. I've seen the book. I was like, <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got your short courses, which with some companies, um, again, like Total Therapy, you can take a short course and bolt it onto a massage course as long as it's a level three. So, for instance, if you do sports massage and you want to do tendon acupuncture and all you're interested about is just fixing tendons, you can do that. That's not a problem. If you want to do a degree course with um, a university because you want the, um, you want a degree qualification or another degree, as, some, as somebody was, I was talking to about, I just want another degree under my belt, that's fine. Um, and also some employers if you're looking to get a job in massage some employers require it for it. so you can, you can go that way um, and the other option is the one in the middle which is a diploma course which will qualify you to do acupuncture and there's a lot of diploma courses out there that will qualify you to do as much acupuncture as there is on a degree course just in a shorter length of time and cheaper the, the types of acupuncture again depend on what you want to do. Do you just want to do dry needling for physical? Do you want to do systematic and do full TCM, mm-hmm. uh, traditional Chinese medicine type? Um, do you want to just do tendons, as I said? Do you just want to do ears and just work with, um, say, emotional stuff, like for yourself? Um, we had a chat a while back about doing um, the addiction um, yeah. course, which is just a half-day CPD. Um, and just do addiction acupuncture, which just doing the addiction course is fine for what you want to do. So, you know, from a half day, that would be no point in sitting in an acupuncture course for a year, three years, if you can do a half day CPD to do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a very, very diverse world. And the best thing to do, again, is just just work out who your clientele is, Mm-hmm. what you're passionate about helping people with 
and then what type of acupuncture will fit within that scope. Because I take it more than you need to do. Yeah, because I take it there's something for everything, isn't there? Like oh yeah, there is. We there is a saying in the Beijing, which is an old book, um, one of the very oldest books with acupuncture. It's saying if if acu if you don't think acupuncture can fix it, that just shows the state of your acupuncture. Ah, really? Yeah, and it, absolutely. Given time, acupuncture could solve anything. Wow. However, it might not be the best tool for it. Oh. Okay. So you're looking for for physical things. You might be better off with a massage, so a trainer or a sports massage or an Indonesian um, or a Thai, for instance. Um, but if you're just, but you can do dry needling, and with a few sessions of dry needling, you can fix something that tweener might do. In- oh. So if you only do, if you only do acupuncture, then it can restrict you. Again, with again with the, the mental health, if you do what we call the NADA, the addiction acupuncture, um, and don't do any other therapy, it will help them. However, you've got to do some sort of emotional counselling as well. Yeah, yeah. Because if they've got that addiction, there's a reason why they've got that addiction. Yeah, and you want to know yeah. why. So you want to know, you want to help them with that reason. Because we always say, just go for the cause, don't go for the fact. Oh, oh god we could be here all day so say for instance someone comes in yep. to your clinic and yep. you're there and you've done an assessment and you've asked them a question how do you know which treatment to use massage or acupuncture how do you know from from, from experience um oh. say if the person came in um i'll talk about somebody that came in with bad back um, not long before Christmas, she had a bad back. It was all one downside of her back. And she said she'd been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And I said, I'm not sure you have got fibromyalgia. And I did some energetic acupuncture on her because it was all down one side of her body. And on talking to her, I've, I've realized that she'd had some trauma as well in her life. So, I did this energetic stuff and I had a quite a bit, a bit of a chat to her and I found that she was getting over the trauma herself. However, the trauma seemed to have got trapped in her body because it, it sounds really crazy to say that if you don't understand it. However, every emotional you have is a chemical imbalance within the body. And if those chemicals get trapped, that chemical can carry on triggering that emotional reaction. Therefore, that trauma keeps coming back to you. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so oh, I did an energetic acupuncture on her. And then I think we've got a pain gone in four sessions because we did a couple of energetic acupunctures and then we did a couple of massages. And she said the pain had almost gone after the second block. Um, but then we just mopped up the rest with uh, massage because it turned out that the, the rest of it was stress caused on by having the pain in start, to start with. Um, so it is experience, really. Um, but we, where comes the beauty of if you're starting off and you don't have the experience, quite a lot of you feel on your own. So the trick is to get yourself some contacts in the industry and get friends who have been there before and have got the experience so you can run things past them. 
Um, so one of one of the things that we do in total therapy is we have a student forum, and anybody who's new at something, they can post on that forum and say, "Got this client, not quite sure what to do. Has anybody got experience with this?" And then people with experience can answer them and say, "Yeah, try this, try this." Um, and even myself to these days, I still read that because sometimes somebody comes up with something and you think, "Oh, I've never done that before, and that works. I'll remember that." Yeah. That's amazing. It's like, yeah. so you've got this little four, oh, oh it's, I can't, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. We've got all sorts of people on there, physios and everything. There's, there's all sorts of people on there, doctors, nurses. It's great. Wow. Okay, then. So what can I, like, like say, for instance, I've booked an acupuncture course with you. What can I expect from my first class? Okay, so... Um, you would normally get some pre-course reading. Um, yeah. And quite often, it's just where to go, what to wear, what to turn up, what to bring with you, um, so that it gives you a nice, easy start. Um, what can you expect on your first day? Nerves. Lots and lots of nerves. Because yeah. nobody knows what to expect. Um, what you need to remember to do though is all turn up on time for your course because you get so many people that don't allow enough time and turn up late and then they miss the first bit of the course and then they sit there going what's going on yeah what's going on um because they've missed the intros and the intros tend to be things like who's the first aider um where to go if you want the drink what to do in the break where to where to find lunch and things like this so these are really really important bits to do don't don't turn up late and think, oh, it's just the unimportant bits. They're all important. Yeah. Um, some courses may send you some course materials beforehand for some reading. So then you need to make sure that you read everything that they send you. Um, because quite often you will get into class and somebody will say, did everybody read that document? Yeah, okay, let's have a discussion about it. And if you didn't read it, you'll be sat there going, I don't know what we're all talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get some, some words like yin, yang. You'll get the syndrome. <laughs> You'll get um, words like um, diagnosis, uh, deficiency and excess. And if you've not read the course materials beforehand, you might not get quite quickly what these mean. Yeah. So you really, really need to read your course materials. On your Thursday, you'll tend to have lots and lots of theory. Um, so you'll get lots of health and safety thrown at you. Um, you'll get lots of rules and regulations that thrown at you. Things like um, if somebody shouts stop, you must stop straight away. Because in that acupuncture class, there is such a thing as dangerous needling or cautionary needling. So if you're told that you can only needle certain points, you must only needle what you're told to needle. You this must do as you're told. Yeah, with acupuncture, not only can you possibly put a needle in the wrong place, but also... You can needle the wrong way as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's the scary thing. I, I, I don't know if I can, but I need to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the people that tend to be scared to start with that tend to be the best people at cautionary stuff and take it in better because they're scared of missing something. It's the people that go in and go, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. I know what I'm doing. Those are the ones you, you tend to watch. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Like, you know. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, if somebody's scared of putting a needle, you don't have to take as much, you don't have to give them quite as much attention as somebody goes, Yeah, put the needle in, is that okay? <laughs> no! 
what's going on here? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So you would um may on the first day get some practice session. However, it does tend to be more with both schools it does tend to be watching the teacher for a long time. Um I do know there is some schools out there that will needle on the first day. Um, our school for instance we needle on the first day. But you do safe needling like arms and legs. Oh. And you don't do anything dangerous at all um, until much, much later in the course. Um, but we find that if you put a needle in straight away, it stops you having the anxiety about needling people. Yeah. It doesn't give you time to think about it. Yeah. Um, the first thing that. I did, my introduction for acupuncture was, here's a needle, stick it in that guy's leg. It wasn't <laughs> in a class. It was, it was under a mentor. All right. Um, so I didn't even have time to think got the needle stuck in at his leg and looked at his face and he went, okay, all right, oh, well, that's okay then. <laughs> so I didn't have any needling anxieties, but you get lots of people who are really anxious about putting needles in people. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose receiving the needles as well. Yes, there is a lot of people that have needle fear. Um, and I think some of that stems from being in school um, when getting a um, an inoculation and having the nurse come up to you and go, here you go, I'm just jabbing it in you. And you go, <laughs> ow, that hurt. <laughs> Went on, you're actually scared of needles. Um, <laughs> seeing something like that happen, or seeing somebody in hospital with grips in, um, you can get needle anxiety about all sorts of things. But the best thing to do if you have needle anxiety is just let somebody put a needle in, in you in a place where it's nice and safe, they put a needle in themselves first and show you, and not get day chi. I mean, day chi means the arrival of the chi, which it can feel really funny. And right. a lot of people don't like that. Um, but just put the needle in and leave it, and then take it out, and then you can show you that it's actually okay and it doesn't hurt. Yeah. What was that word you just said again? Day chi. Day chi. Um, the day chi means, it's a, a Chinese word, it means the arrival of the chi. Chi means energy, basically energy. Yeah. You get loads of people that say, chi doesn't exist. Well, how can energy not exist? It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a type of energy. It's just the type of energy that is within the human body. Right. Oh, cool. Okay. So, yeah. um, so there, there is a lot of needle anxiety going around, but after a while, um, people do tend to be, okay about it because acupuncture needles don't hurt yeah no they don't the one in the head that that hurts i can hardly feel them in the head really um, it can get, yeah on the head it can get a bit scratchy there's a lot of nerves in the head <laughs> i didn't get told it just happened i was like ah! <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the way to do it is to say to yourself it's not pain it's a strong feeling yeah and reprogram your brain um, to to be in a more accepting way, to be more positive about it. It's doing me good. It's a strong feeling. It's yeah. quite often the best thing to say to yourself um, rather than how that hurts. How that hurts is very negative, but it's doing me good, but it's a strong feeling is actually quite positive. So, Yeah, I'll try to remember that. Alter your language. Alter yeah. your mental language. Yeah. Um, some yeah, some yeah. of the, the other stuff that you expect is some anatomy and physiology training. Some courses ask you to do some anatomy and physiology training with the people, and some courses will actually do it on the course. 
Yeah. Um, but these days, uh, especially, quite a lot of anatomy and physiology is done online um, because people are trying to keep as many things online as possible now. Yeah, I think that's what scares me the most is because I look at yeah. those posters of the body and there's yeah. all these these p- points and I'm like, oh, it looks like so big. <laughs> I've just been lost. Yeah, yeah with, with, when you're doing acupuncture, unlike nursing or physiotherapy, you don't have to remain, remember all the names of all the bones and all the muscles. Oh, yeah. and you don't have to remember them at all. Um, I am quite happy. If, if I teach points and I am an examiner in um, acupuncture and if I have a student come up to me and say it's the point is there and it's on the end of that bone I'm happy because they can point it out and that's okay and if they they don't know the name of that bone to me that doesn't matter it doesn't affect their ability to find the bone <laughs> oh my god yeah so that. if you could yeah, so if you can if you can point to a collarbone, you don't know the the Latin name for it. That's okay. I'm, I'm not bothered about that. I don't. I'm not test. I'm not there to test your Latin abilities. I'm there to test whether you know what you're doing. Do you know the, the, the craziest thing for me when I when I listen to you guys all talk is when you start going D one D two, and I'm like, they're, they're, they've got their own language. <laughs> what <are> they talking <laughs> about? <laughs> you should hear us in the pub. <laughs> When we go to the pub after a good training session and we're in the pub and we're talking and you get all the people around us and their eyes sort of go to the side like, what are they about? Like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I got this guy the other day and I put needles in large intestine 11, large intestine 4 and the hole of the arm went red. And you get people around you going, what? <laughs> what? How many intestines has this guy got? Yeah. <laughs> That's quite right. I was like, what's R2-T2 going to do with anything? <laughs> Sometimes on the um, uh, on the first time I'm teaching points to people, I'll actually say, uh, just to let you know for the future, you have actually got 45 stomachs. Some of you don't know this. What? <laughs> because there are 45 stomach points. Oh, oh my God. There are 45 stomach acupuncture points. They're not actually stomachs. <laughs> Ah, right. <laughs> it's better than a cow right now, these 45 stomachs. <laughs> yeah, explain but, a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm actually pretty sure cows have still got the same amount of stomachs, but um, oh. I don't know whether they've got any extra points or any fewer points, but um, yeah, cows have acupuncture points as well. <laughs> oh, bless them. Oh. <laughs> That's a new one. You can get some acupuncture for farmyards. <laughs> See what happens. Wait, it happens. Vets do acupuncture as well. Do they? Wow. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. So if you're passionate about animals, you can do animal acupuncture. That's amazing. Um, Imagine, like, you know, veterinary um, that just does acupuncture for farmyard animals. Absolutely. There's a, there's a, there's a, an acupuncturist um, in a veterinary school, uh, sorry, not a veterinary school, a, a veterinary um, place near me um, that actually advertises it. He does animal acupuncture and some people take their animals to him just for animal acupuncture. The case once that I remember it was about a dog that didn't have any feeling in its back legs and they put spinal acupuncture in it and in the end it was walking normally. It was great. Oh my God. They fixed its back legs. Excellent. So that's what to expect. It's all very nerve-wracking, exciting, but nerve-wracking. So, yes. okay, so 
next then i i want to obviously i've done the qualification and whatnot and i want to make it into a business what else do i need okay so even um with some colleges um including total therapy but others as well um when you're training you can actually start up the business because you oh. need to do case studies yes. and as soon as you can start needling you can start practicing as a student but it's under the um, under the, the supervision of your college, under the supervision means uh, it doesn't necessarily mean your teacher has to be present for every time you do it. What it means is your your teacher has to say, right, okay, you're safe to do that at home and friends and family or clients. Okay. Um, so the first thing you would need as soon as you're as soon as you're passed to start needling out of the classroom, you need a premises. Yes. Your premises um, should be a room which you can make private. It doesn't have to be in a gym or in a salon or in a clinic. It can be in your own home. However, you will need to have um, hand washing facilities in there, so cleaning facilities, and you'd need to be able to clean equipment in there without actually taking it to the kitchen sink because it's not advisory to clean the clinical equipment in the kitchen sink. It's yeah. <laughs> can happen. Um, so you would need your premises and you would need to be able to keep it separate. So, um, for instance, uh, a few people I know have got um, a converted room and they have got, say, downstairs toilets or a toilet near the computer room so people can go to the toilet if need be um, without being disturbed. And they have a sink in the room. Yeah. So you can wash your hands and get water and things without having to go out of the room. Um, you can hire a room or you can actually buy your own premises if you know, you, you've got uh, enough funds for it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that start off tend to start off in their own home. And that's fine as long as you've got the ability to keep it clean. The next thing you do is need to do a license. Um, most, um, if, if you're a member or a registrant, should say, of uh, a member of a member organisation, so a registrant of the British Acupuncture Federation, a lot of um, counties now don't require you to have a licence if you're doing full TCM acupuncture because um, we're actually um, high enough grade now, this is high enough grade, so that you're, it's more medical. So you're on a similar line to a chiropractor. Um, so you would only need to tell that your um, your local authority, your council, what you're doing, what you intend to be doing, and they just put you on a register. Um, if you're not in the British Acupuncture Federation, or not if you're only doing, say, tendon acupuncture or ear acupuncture, you may have to actually register your council. But the best thing to do is get a hold of your association and find out what the guidelines are for the area. That's handy to know. Yeah. Um, the next thing you will need is insurance. Right. Yes. It's not, from what I understand, I mean, if anybody wants to correct me on comments, they can do, but it's from what I understand, it's not a legal requirement to get insurance. However, um, it's very, very advisable. Yeah, I was going to say. Because, yeah, if somebody makes a claim against you and they win, you are liable. With insurance, it means the insurance company will cover you. Um, and if you're not doing insur not practicing with insurance, basically you're gambling. Yeah. 
Um, and it's not a pretty gamble if it no. if it comes unstuck because you know I think the the highest claim I've ever known for an insurance claim. This is not for acupuncture. This is for something else. Uh, was about one and a half million. <gasps> oh my goodness! Yeah, so you don't want to be gambling with that. The best yeah, off paying insurance, and it's not that expensive. So maybe hundred pound a year. Was that really? That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, in fact, if you only do acupuncture, I think um, under British Acupuncture Federation, um, the insurance for that with their recommended insurance company is only about sixty, sixty, seventy pound. So it's not it's not expensive. Oh, brilliant! Um, yeah, it's, it's it's quite reasonable. It's uh, cheaper than health insurance for some people. Um, the next thing you would need is uh, equipment. Right. Yeah. So you can acupuncture somebody on a chair if you're only doing ears. However, it's best to get a table if you can. Like a massage you, table. You, yeah, like a massage table. Yeah. Um, if you acupuncture somebody and they faint, which can happen. You don't want to be trying to catch them. If they're on a table and they faint, that's okay. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> they ain't going anywhere, no. <laughs> um, don't have somebody on the floor because you can't catch them. Ah, yeah. Okay, so um, if they've got needles in and they faint on the floor, it's you can't guarantee that that's clean. So you're best off with a massage table if you can. Um, any oils for any massage they do, you'll need to start off with... Uh, Variation of needles, so maybe one box of each type that you would use. Um, you would need your sprays or wipes. Um, you would need quick quick plug. Uh, I use Clinicept um, spray and Clinol wipes. So they uh, are now found to be industry best in the industry. Um, but the biggest thing you're going to need is your clients. Yeah, <laughs> it's all well and good if you haven't got anybody to do it. All well and good if you're having everything there and your premises and your licensing, and then you open up the floor and you know, stuff there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so your clients are the most important thing. So on that note, then, right? Because I was going to ask you, something, but I'll ask you this first. Now. You've given a Absolutely. lot. Of- You've given us lots of advice there and what we need to know. So this is what I always get stuck on. What do I do now? So I, I've trained, I've got my massage table, I've got everything set out, I open my door and there's nobody there. How do I get them there? <laughs> right. The, the best way, I get asked this so much um, when I'm sitting watching uh, an acupuncture class being taught or, or when um, I'm uh, what do, sitting for an exam. The biggest thing I get, so asked at that point is how do I get my clients from? Okay, the the main answer is look around you. Who's around you? Who are the closest people to you? Who already trusts you? Obviously, you've got friends. You've got your family. Okay, practice on them first. So if you've got nerves, if you're liable to say drop things, like you drop your box of needles while you're trying to open it, or <laughs> Um, you're opening your, bo- your box of wipes and they go all over the floor in front of a family member or a friend that's more li- most likely to laugh it's not that bad no, <laughs> so no. practice first on family and friends Right. once you have done maybe a couple of weeks of it and you go right, okay I'm ready for an outsider say to your family and friends right, you do realise I've been doing free treatments on you or I've been doing some really cut price treatments on you what I want you to do, me in return, is recommend me out to people. 
if you feel like, um, for instance, with mine, I had um, uh, we had we had a, a guy from a shop. I actually from a shop that I go in quite a lot. I dragged him out and I said, "Right, we're going to do a free treatment on you." So um, the student that was treating him um, fixed a back problem that he'd had for years. Wow. Yeah, because basically one of the bones was slightly out on his back. And the student did a massage on him, then he did back manipulation and bone back in place. And he said, I, I, I even go in now, like eight years later or seven years later, I go into the shop every now and again and say, how's your back? And he goes, absolutely fine, not a problem. And just from that one treatment, and I do, I do know that he tells people about that. Yeah. And I say, because I've done you a favor, Please recommend me to people. If you think, if, if somebody complains about something, if you think that I'd be good at that, just let them know or ask them to give me a go. Yeah. You know, they can't lose anything from giving them a go. Um, one of the biggest things some one of our students said is they say to them, pay at the end of the session. If you feel the session's not doing any good, you don't have to pay me. That's a good idea. But he's never had anybody refuse. Never. Yeah. Um, and then somebody, um, they said they, they practiced on all their family and then they weren't even ready for people, but the family was telling people about them and people were ringing them up and saying, oh, I've got osteoarthritis or something. Can you help me with this? And they think, I'm still only on the first couple of weeks of my course. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, then, and that happens a lot. Oh, does it? Suddenly people realize this is what you do and you get, um, you get people saying, oh, they're an acupuncturist. Uh-huh. You get people ringing you up and saying, oh, can, can you help me with this? I've got um, this degenerative disease that I've had for 30 years, and it's really difficult. Nobody's been able to do anything about it. And can you do anything about it? And they message the teachers and they message us, and they say, help. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. to do. I was like, okay, get the diagnosis, come to us, we'll give you a set of needles, and you can go away and do it. And we help them through that. Oh, so yeah. then, because the, then they fixed something, they got confidence. Yeah. And also because they fixed something, the person goes away and they tell their friends, and suddenly they're getting loads of phone calls. So, it's, so it, it's like a moss. It, it's like um, a, a rolling stone gathering moss. Mm. It it really does roll down, and you'll get people five years time. That ring you up and say, do you, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's a uh, Sarah. It's so and so. Do you remember you fixed this leg problem that I had? I got a problem in my hip now. Can you help me with that?" And you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And you put the phone down. And go, "Who's that? Who's that?" Yeah, I'll talk through your notes, and then you'll go, "Oh yeah, I remember. And you only came twice." <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, it's like what we were talking about with Chris. Like, he's saying with TCM, you treat the cause, not the symptoms. Absolutely, the people yes, you like go for the cause. Yeah, you go for the cause. If somebody has got an issue with um, anxiety. You not only put needles in to help them with the anxiety, but you, you you can sit there talking to them and say, "What's caused this anxiety in the first place? What are you anxious about?" Get them talking about it, and then you can encourage them to either go for counselling or you can encourage them to talk to the person that's causing the anxiety, whatever. But always go for the cause. Yeah. So if you go for the cause, you 
you are you are doing you are actually treating your client if you're just treating symptoms you're not treating your client you're treating their symptoms yeah yeah and it's not right is it i mean if you can fix things why not fix them why draw them out i know people might think like I did a podcast on my other on my other podcast show, and um, this guy was saying he's got a failed business model because he just deals with the causes and he only sees them twice. Whereas at college, he's taught to get people to come back to him, but he doesn't do that, and that's why he's so popular. He's another masseuse, and well, exactly, you just said he's got a failed business model. He's yeah. popular. Oh, isn't a failed business model? Somewhere? No, this is what this is what I said that he said. That's his words. I've got a yeah. failed business model, really, because I only see yeah. people twice. And I'm like, well, no, because because surely the more people you fix quickly, the more people yeah. you're going to see. Yeah. Well, we had uh, we had from a long time ago um, a lady that went on holiday. She had an acupuncture clinic, and she asked somebody to look after her clients while she was away on holiday. And the lady that went in to look after her clients was actually a better acupuncturist, oh. in my view, a better acupuncturist anyway. Oh. And she actually fixed half of her clients, and then they never came back. Mm-hmm. Was, oh, when she came back off holiday, she had she went mad at her, and she said, "You spoiled my income stream." And the girl, the the the, the acupuncturist who um, actually fixed the clients, just said, um, yeah, "That's not ethical." Yeah. You're not there to fix your clients. You're not there to make money off people's injuries and people's illnesses. Yeah. That's not what you're there for. Yeah, see, I love the ethos of it as well. It really speaks yeah. to Yeah. yeah. TCM people tend to have a good ethos, a good ethics. Yeah. We, we are there to help people. And we don't get into the money. No. We don't make an awful lot of money doing TCM. We don't get into it. No, you get into it to help people. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not helping people, what are you doing? TCM people want to go to the cause. So lastly, Michelle, my last question. Any other advice on choosing a training provider? Okay, so when you're choosing, have a good look around. Yeah. Some of the things that you need to be looking for is the the course prerequisites. Right. Check them carefully, but also don't take them as um, part set in stone because you can't write down prerequisites that cover every situation. And um, if you don't quite meet them, just write to the course provider and just say, "Am I okay to do this course?" Um, because they, you may have a qualification that they have thought, "Oh, that comes under this bit." And you haven't realized that. Or you may have a qualification that they'll go, well, actually, yeah, we've not thought about that. That's okay. Yeah, we can do that. Um, okay. Or, well, we have thought of that, but we just didn't want 5 million people contacting us saying that they want to do it because we'd rather have people come to us and ask because that shows initiative, anything like that. So check your visits. Look for your post-course support as well. So there's nothing worse than doing a course and qualifying and going home and thinking oh crikey I can't remember how to do this ringing your course tutor and then saying well maybe finish the course now you're qualified I'm sorry I can help you I've got other students to look after now yeah um so post-course support is very very important as well um look for the reputation when I say reputation a lot of course providers will not talk about each other because 
in order to do so, they are bigging, either bigging each other up or they're being unethical. Okay. Um, so we don't tend to talk about each other. Uh, what, look at what their students' reviews say. Um, so some will post the reviews on the website. Some you'll have to look on Facebook for them. Some you'll have to look on Google for them. But have a good search around and look for the reviews and see what other students have said. If you get a chance, try and talk to some of the students if you, yeah. if you can, if, you, if they've left email addresses or the name of their clinic. Just maybe send them an email and say, just thinking of taking calls with these people, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. Because you know, the power of social media, you can just click on somebody's name now, can't you? And Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if, they, if they've had a good time on that course and if they've learned a lot, they'll tell you. you know, they're quite happy to uh, big up a course that they, they've got a lot out of. They see it as giving back. Even though they've paid for the course, they still want to give back. Because when you pay for something, you pay for a course, but it's the little bit extras that, yeah, that they feel that they have to pay back for. Yes. So yeah. they're quite happy giving good reviews and talking to you about it. Um, look at the range of the courses. Do you want somebody that you can go to for everything that you want to do? Um, or do you want to go to somebody that just specializes in the one thing? Right. So, again, that's a personal thing. Um, one of the things that we do with, with Total Therapy, you'll notice on our website, there's a lot of courses. There's a big range of courses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because they all, nearly all of them, fall under TCM. And because the teachers are TCM masters, um, they, all these little bits of things fall under the broad umbrella of TCM. Not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. Even emotional therapy falls under TCM. Wow. Um, which you wouldn't think. Um, so the, the range of courses, whether it's a specialised range or whether it's a wide range, can be quite important to you. So look at, look at that. Um, one of the reasons that I like a large range of courses is because if you've done a course with one provider, and then you, you then start to trust that provider. You yeah. can then see what else they do, and you automatically will trust the provider on the other courses as well. Um, but the other thing is, if you say you train with acupuncture and massage with the same company, you know that they'll slot together and the trainings will complement each other. They won't, um, you won't get um, one person saying you do this and the other person saying, no, don't do that, do this. Yeah. Uh, it will happen a lot less in that. Uh, are the teachers approachable? If you can message a teacher and speak to a teacher, uh, if you can message the Facebook page and speak to somebody who is knowledgeable in what they're doing, who actually gets involved in the teaching, that's really great because it means that the teachers will be approachable on your course as well. They're not just going to flounce in at start time and flounce out at the end time and you haven't got a clue how to get hold of them, which happens in universities. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I used to work in a college, so I do know how it works. Um, the, the teachers on quite a lot of these smaller courses and smaller institutions are quite willing to give their personal time because they're passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ask lots of questions. Yeah. <laughs> My problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if you grab somebody on Facebook or on um, email and they start talking to you about the course, ask them what you want to know. It's like, okay, uh, how many people on this course? Um, what, what depth do you go into? What's the examination process? Whatever your questions are, 
whatever's going to ease your mind. So if, if something's important to you, as in, um, so somebody might be not be driving and they might want them by train, are you near the train station? Yeah, is there accommodation near you? Ask lots of questions. Don't just sit there and go, I wonder where. Ask them. You know? yeah. And if they're approachable people, they know what they're talking about, they'll answer them. Yeah. Or they'll say, all right, not quite sure about that, I'll get back to you. And they get back to you. The other thing is, does it suit your pocket and does it suit your diary? Like we talked about, there's no point doing a £7,000 training course if you're out of work on yeah. minimum wage. Um, does it suit your pocket? Can you pay it off? The other, one of the things I do, you know, somebody talked talk to me just before Christmas and said I wasn't quite sure in taking the acupuncture course because I'm not quite sure whether I could afford it. And one of the other students who had already been on the course chimed in um, and she said, well, while you're doing the course, don't forget that you can do case studies and you can charge for those case studies. So if you do, uh, at such and such a price, if you do five, uh, sorry, ten case studies a month, uh, which is really doable, you can actually pay for your course doing that. So think about that as well. Ah, that's a good idea. That's a very good idea. I might have to steal that. <laughs> yeah, so your case, your case studies can actually pay for your course. If you're allowed to do them. Yeah, some some... Um, companies don't allow you to do them, but it can pay for your course. Um, does it suit your diary? Yeah. So if you've got if you've got all the dates for the course lined up, you can't make three of those weekends. Maybe do it next year instead. Yeah, yeah. Or have another look round. Yeah. So it's got to suit your diary. There's no point it being your birthday and you're going on holiday um, on one of the course dates that is really really crucial. Oh my god, amazing Michelle. Uh, well thank you so much Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again at some point in the not so distant future. But I'm sure uh, we will. Yeah. Take care Michelle, thank you. Take care, thanks Sarah. to a total therapy training podcast where you've joined me sarah on my journey through traditional chinese medicine we hope you enjoyed the show and we hope to see you next time for even more incredible information <laughs>